you to turn your Bibles to a very familiar passage of Scripture, Ezekiel chapter number 37. And as you're doing that, I was going to say, uh, if you was not here on Wednesday evening, or if you have not listened to Wednesday evening's message, you need to do so. Sister Madison just preached the house down Wednesday. And, uh, and uh, so I am so thankful for what the Lord is doing and has done. And it's just spaghetti, but she did an amazing job. I'm so proud of you. And, uh, but this morning, we are going to just dive into the word of the Lord. I do feel like the Lord is wanting to speak to us today. And uh, pray for me today as well that my voice will hold out. I was, I, I've, I've used it too much probably. Then I laid under a fan, which probably wasn't the smartest thing to do last night, but I did it anyway. And uh, so now I'm, I'm dealing with it. And uh, then if that wasn't enough, I went into my office and I picked up a, some Kleenexes out of a box and there's all kinds of fuzz came out of the box and I swallowed it right when I was there getting ready to come out. And I was like, Lord, how mercy. It's a morning. I thought I was in there going to cough a lung up for a few moments. So we're going to get through it today one way or the other. And, uh, but Ezekiel chapter 37, if you would, if you're able, if you're not able, I totally understand, but our custom is to stand for the honoring, the reading of the word this morning. But Ezekiel 37, if nobody else is going to help me preach, I pray my grandbabies help me this morning. I'm glad I got all three of them in the house this morning. And, uh, we are so thankful for that today. Ezekiel 37, the hand of the Lord was upon me, in verse number one, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, they were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you might live. You shall live. Can I tell you, there's some powerful things there. He says, I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost and we are cut off for our parts. But therefore, I want you to prophesy again and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, who's he talking to? My people. 
I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live. For a few moments this morning, I want to take us back to verse number one. And then we're going to walk through this together. It says, and the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. If the Lord would help us this morning for a few moments, we're going to preach on this thought when the Lord sets you down. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your people today. I pray that you would anoint this vessel of clay to speak your word, not my opinion. But Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would fall fresh in this room. And Lord, I pray that there would just be the working and the moving of your spirit methodically and strategically in this house today where men and women would not just hear with their ears, but with the innermost part of man, we would hear and we would receive that which you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. Throughout the Bible, we read of people who find themselves basically sitting down. It is something that all of us do quite frequently. If you walk into an office, someone there will simply usually cordially tell you to sit down. If you are invited into a time of meeting, they will invite you to sit down. If you come to my house, ring my doorbell, I'll probably invite you in and invite you to sit down if I like you. I'm just kidding. Most of the time, it is something that is not thought of. It's not really something to talk about. So you'd say, well, why? Why are you going to preach about it today? But throughout the Bible, we find that there's times when people made decisions to sit down. And just a few of them, just so we can kind of lay a foundation, if you were reading Genesis 31, you would find that Rachel made a choice to take house idols, and when her father began to pursue after her, she chose to sit down upon them. Now, in order for you to understand the whole uh, effects of this choosing to sit down to disguise what she had taken, you'll find out that it didn't end well for her. So not only is it important that we understand that when she sat down, what you decide to sit down on really does have consequences. So we're not going to preach that, but we could this morning. But if you go forward a little bit further in your Bible, in Exodus chapter number 2, you'll find that Moses, while he was fleeing Pharaoh, he arrived in Midian, and we find that he sat down by a well, which was significant. You also find in Exodus chapter number 17 that Israel was in a time of conflict and we find that Moses takes himself up to the top of the mountain and Joshua was in there swinging the sword, but his hands got weary. And they brought a stone and he sat down and Aaron and Hur was on each side and they held his hands up and while he was sitting on the rock, please hear me, that there was victory in the camp of Israel. 
You can go a little further and you find that Ruth, uh, chapter 4, you'll find that there was a man by the name of Boaz uh, that he began to see that this young girl was in his field and he said, leave handfuls on purpose. And he simply began to have a conversation, but he realized that there was a next of kin that was closer than him. And he began to walk by one day in chapter 4 of the book of Ruth. And he said, won't you sit down here with me and let's talk this. And he got 10 elders of the city and they sat down and they took their shoes off and they changed and therefore can I tell you because of Boaz choosing to sit down at that time it changed the directory of history it affects you and I today so sitting down has great implication 2 Samuel chapter number 7 you see when King David went in and he choose, uh, chose to sit down before the Lord and he said Lord who am I Oh, Lord God, what is in my house that you have brought me up for this far? He said, what in the world are you blessing me for? Why in the world are you choosing me? He chose to sit down and have a conversation with God. Powerful thing that we could talk about today. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse number 9, we see that Hannah, she had a barren womb. But she went in and she was so distraught that she went in and she sat down in the temple and she began to speak but not using her voice but her lips move but you also find that Eli the priest was sitting over against the column in the temple and he thought she was drunk but because of them both sitting down something supernatural transpired because the Lord began to bring revelation Go a little further, 1 Samuel chapter 20 you find that King Saul who had been anointed by the Lord was sitting down you can look at Jonah chapter number four after he had rebelled and refused to do and be what God had called him to be. But after he finally repented and went and he went and walked through Nineveh and he cried out against it and said, you're gonna be destroyed. But he said, notice what he did. He, after he preached that message, he went outside the city and sat down because he wanted to see what was gonna happen. All of these are examples of people sitting down. And y'all ain't excited yet, but stay with me and hopefully we'll get there in a few moments. But you find even in Matthew chapter 24, verse number three, that we see Jesus himself even chose to sit down on the Mount of Olives, talking and teaching and training his disciples. However, all of these passages that I mentioned are just a handful of things that have been given to us throughout our Bibles to set us on a path where we could walk and learn and develop into being the men and the women of God that God has called and ordained us to be. However, there is other passages in our Bible where men did not just choose to sit down, but the Lord himself instructed them to sit down. Now, I'm going to give you two this morning. I gave you one already, Ezekiel 37, verse number one. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. He took me out and he set me in a valley. And he said it was dry. It was very dry. But before we really dive into that, I want to take you into the New Testament scripture very quickly. And I want to give you another story. In Mark chapter number six, verse number 39, actually, if you start reading about verse number 34, you will find that Jesus and his disciples was trying to get away for a time of rest. But then he looked around and he saw there was a multitude of people that had followed them. So he had compassion and he was moved with compassion. He began to teach them and they sat there all day. The day was nearly gone. 
And you find that the disciples said, come and send them away because we don't have any means to meet the needs of the people. And there, it's a time of hunger. It's a time of need. And just send them away. And he's like, and he said, why don't you just feed them? And they said, how are we supposed to feed them? There's no place for us to even go buy food. And he says this, what do you have? And he says this, well, we have five loaves and two fishes. And notice what he says in verse number 39 of Mark chapter number six. He simply tells them, he says, just command them to sit down. And he broke them up in hundreds and fifties uh, and he put them together in a manner because he was getting ready to do something that was not in the natural realm. When you begin to read this passage of scripture, you will find that because the Lord had commissioned them or called them or commanded them, whatever terminology you want to use, uh, he calls them to sit down and then he had uh, his disciples bring him those five loaves and two fishes. If you will read in the other gospels of this account, you will find that it says that he took them and he blessed them and then he gave it back to them and then they began to distribute to the multitude uh, and it says that everybody ate their full and afterwards they gathered up 12 baskets over. Can I tell you, he's still more than enough. And the reason that that event was able to transpire is not because men chose to sit down on their own, but they had heard an instruction and they began to move in accordance to it. And because they did, there was a multitude of people that was affected by it. Can I tell you today that we find ourselves in a unique place in our world. We find ourselves in a place where there is many needs and there is many uh, levels of opposition. And we could talk about many areas of life where it seems like uh, there is great attack after attack. And it seems like there is men and women that are completely overwhelmed. And if we want to be honest this morning, we could even say this, uh, that that which Ezekiel saw in 37 would finally, we could say, really kind of describes how people see their current situations in their lives. But when we come back to Ezekiel 37 and we begin to look at what really happens when God tells a man to sit down. Notice we find, he says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and he set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and he caused me to pass by them round about and he said that there was very many in the open valley and lo, they was very dry. Let me say this to you today. What he's simply showing him in this very moment at the very beginning, he said, there is no spiritual life here. I want to say to you and I today, there is distinct times in history where God calls a man or a people to pause and to sit down. We are actually warned that in the last days that we have to make sure that we do not become busy bodies because that is a snare of the enemy to keep you from having clear understanding and direction of what God's plan is for that time and that hour. Can I tell you today that people and life in general will keep you as busy as you will let them. But there is times that God says, I need you 
to sit down because I need you to focus. I need you to hear. I need you to understand that this moment isn't like any other moment. And I, and I feel the urge this morning to speak into your life and tell you that this moment isn't just any moment. and It's not like other moments before it, but this is a very unique moment. And we have to understand where we are in the prophetic timeline of which we are living. And can I tell you, we are not just at the beginning of the times of sorrows, but we have been living in that for some time. And we're in a state of acceleration and escalation of demonic activity and all kinds of opposition. And we have to come to the place and realize that just because something is flashy and pretty doesn't mean it has life in it. Just because something uh, appeals to the flesh doesn't mean it has life in it. Uh, but you and I need to understand today uh, that we believe, uh, and I believe personally, uh, that we are in a season much like Ezekiel found himself in in Ezekiel 37 uh, when the hand of the Lord is upon his people uh, and he's moving them and he's beginning to take them and show them things uh, in the spirit realm to tell them uh, that listen, uh, there's something getting ready to change. Uh, you heard me not long ago preach a message, maybe you remember, uh, that there's a paradigm shift. And in order for there to be a paradigm shift, there has to be a change uh, in the paradigm for there to be a shift. Uh, and can I tell you uh, that this that we have gotten accustomed to in the church community, uh, I'm telling you, God says, I've given you an opportunity to change it, uh, but you've gotten too comfortable. Uh, but God is is allowing the events of the world uh, to force us to change uh, because he says, listen, there's still a harvest in the field. Uh, I'm not going to let it just waste. Uh, and he says, I've called you. Uh, just like Esther heard Mordecai say, uh, he said, do you not know that maybe uh, you have been called to the position that you are uh, for such a time as this? Uh, but don't you get hung up on it, Esther. Uh, don't you get hung up on it, church. Uh, you say, what do you mean? preacher, uh, if we won't awaken and arise to the challenge, uh, then God will deliver his people from some other means. Oh, you could sit there this morning. I'm going to preach just for a few moments. Uh, and it's not out of religious duty or obligation. Uh, but because this is a word that's been burning in my spirit uh, since about October the 11th uh, when the Lord began to visit me. Uh, and I knew I'd have to preach over some things when I'd preach it. Uh, but today I, I'm ready. Uh, listen, I, I'm gonna, I'll hook up more oxen if I need to and I'll pull this plow. Uh, but I'm going to push through this morning and tell you uh, that you and I today find ourselves in a world that is shaking. Uh, we're in a place where a world is saying hey, there's no life here. Uh, there's no hope here. Uh, we can't make it much like the house of Israel said. Uh, oh, we're very dry. There's no life in us. Uh, we don't even have a reason to be excited. Uh, we don't even have a reason to hope. Uh, we don't even have a reason to look forward. Uh, I don't even know why I'm going to get out of bed today because nothing uh, is in my tomorrow. Uh, but I come to tell somebody today uh, that the word of the Lord uh, is still moving 
moving and it's still speaking and he's still calling men and he's given a mandate on their life. And I know I'm trying to preach to multiple levels of people today, those in ministry, those not in ministry. But I, I pray the Holy Spirit does what needs to be done, that you hear what you need to hear. But can I tell you, Ezekiel says, he says, Lord, I don't know, because he's asked a question. He said, can these bones live? He said, I don't really know. And the Lord says, listen, you don't need to know. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all the knowledge. You don't have to have all the understanding. But one thing you do have to do, Ezekiel, is you're going to have to trust me. So I'm going to ask you to do something this morning, Ezekiel, and that is this. Will you stand and will you prophesy the words that I give you? Can I tell you, I'm not here for any other reason than to speak to you what the Lord is saying. But notice how he begins Ezekiel 37. He says, Lord, I surrender to you. I yield to you. And he says, all right, the first thing I want you to tell those dry bones in this open valley is to hear the word of the Lord. He said, I don't want them to hear what man says. I don't want them to hear what the politicians are saying. I don't want them to hear what this party says or what that party says. I don't want them to hear what this nation's saying or that nation's saying. But I want those bones to hear the voice of the Lord. Listen, you don't need to hear my voice this morning, but you need to hear the voice of the Lord. And the Lord simply says, after you get their attention, he says, hear the word of the Lord. But notice what he says. Thus saith the Lord, not my opinion, not my ideal, but thus saith the Lord unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Now I want to pause right here just for a moment. Uh, I know what's going on around us is, is, is sketchy. Uh, I know that it's got a lot of people wringing their hands. Uh, and I know that everybody's saying, is this going to be the fall uh, of America? Uh, listen, uh, we deserve judgment. And I don't say that uh, but I, 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 willingly, but I just know that we deserve a lot more things than what we have encountered. Uh, but because the grace of God, uh, but along in prayer, uh, in the midst of spending time with God, I'm going to tell you something. We're not going down just yet. There may be a day in the future, but right now there is too many men and women that the hand of the Lord is upon and he's moving them and positioning them to see something in a different manner than they have saw. And he's simply saying, I'm releasing you to speak the word of the Lord. And they're beginning to speak and this is what they're saying. And I'm going to prophesy to you this morning. Listen. Uh, thus saith the Lord uh, I'm going to cause breath to come to you uh, and you shall live uh, listen uh, I'm speaking to our nation uh, as well as to you and your circumstance uh, I refuse to let it die on my watch uh, as long as I'm here uh, I am the church of Jesus Christ uh, and as long as I'm here uh, that means he's here uh, and as long as he's here uh, there is light uh, and light always penetrates darkness uh, and when light is here. Dark cannot dwell. Oh, somebody hear me. When God sits you down, you begin to see in a different manner than you normally do. See, you didn't realize this morning, uh, you thought you'd just come to church like you did last Sunday, uh, but God set you up and he said, I'm going to set you down this morning. 
I'm going to set you down because I want you to hear something this morning. You need to hear the word of the Lord. You don't need to hear CNN. You don't need to hear Fox News. You don't need to hear new smacks. Uh, you don't need to hear all this stuff, but you need to hear what does the Lord say. Uh, he says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Oh, I ain't got much help in here this morning. Hear me. We're in a place this morning where we need to hear the word of the Lord. Ezekiel didn't understand it all. He didn't know it all. He didn't know what it was going to look like. But notice what he did. He got to a place of total surrender. And he began to speak based on what he heard. And when he began to prophesy, notice what happens. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Now let me pause here for a moment. Because when you take the word noise back to the original Hebrew, you find that it isn't the word noise like we understand noise today because I'm a little noisy today. But that's not what we're talking about. The word noise actually is translated back to its original form in the Hebrew. It is there was a voice. So when the man of God began to speak the word of God, those dry bones did not hear Ezekiel's voice, but they heard the message of heaven that then calls there, don't miss this, to be a noise or a voice in the valley. I don't know if anything good can come out of Nazareth. I've heard the same thing. I don't know if anything good could come out of Connersville. I don't know if anything good could come out of the Whitewater Valley. Can I tell you, there may be a bunch of dry bones in this valley right now, but there's a prophetic voice that's getting ready and it's declaring and speaking the word of God over it. And I don't know if you hear what I hear, but I hear a noise. And it's not a noise of doom and gloom but it is a voice uh, of righteousness. Uh, it is a voice of power. Uh, it is a voice of authority uh, that says uh, that if you'll decree and declare my word, uh, then no weapon formed against you will prosper. Uh, can I tell you, I'm not just giving you verses uh, to try to get you excited today, uh, but I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, when a man of God or a woman of God uh, gets along with God uh, and God has set them down, uh, you better not discard it and say, Oh, that was a pretty message uh, but you better hear the voice of God uh, and say what's he really saying uh, I'm telling you what he's telling you and I this morning is this uh, it's not what you think it is uh, it's not going to end how you think it is uh, he said you might see something in the natural uh, that is even contrary to what you're hearing at the moment uh, but just hang on a little bit uh, because my prophet isn't done prophesying just yet uh, I still got some more things to say uh, through the man of God, uh, through the woman of God. Uh, and we find uh, that Ezekiel says, I heard a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone to bone. Please hear me. Why is it this morning? Why is it this morning that the Middle East is vibrating 
and the effects of that tremor in Gaza is filtering all around the globe. And why is it this morning that while we're sitting here that we have our young military men and women in transit to many parts of the world. Why is it this morning that there is such unrest that is now pointing its face and its weaponry at our young men? Don't ever forget when the enemy speaks, he always declares his true identity. And we have heard some of the most evil voices of the land say over and over publicly and privately alike, Israel in their eyes and their opinion is nothing more than the little Satan. And you and I are sitting in the nation that they identify as the large Satan. And they have no ambition other than to destroy both this morning. But when God sits you down, Please hear me. Why is it that the enemy wants to keep you so busy that you can't go pray? Why is it that the enemy keeps you so busy that you can't go sit in the presence of God and open up his word? Why is it that the enemy is working over time because he doesn't want you to hear the word of the Lord? Please hear me. There was a shaking right now. Can I tell you over the last Several months, the prophetic voice of God has been speaking words of life. Go back and listen to it. This house and every other house, every other ministry you may follow and be part of, you have heard words of life be proclaimed. We are going to accomplish this and we're going to do this and we're moving into this realm. Or we're going to, it's all been a proclamation of life. Listen, it began to cause things to shake. Please hear me. We're beginning to witness the body of Christ be joined together, but yet today, can I tell you, over the last few months and few weeks, we began to see even denominational barriers come down, men and women trying to get together that's not been together, and it's like, but yet you still haven't seen no life just yet. But I say the word yet. Notice what he says. He says, and when I beheld, lo, the, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, but skin covered Bill and there was no breath in them, but then the word of the Lord come back to Ezekiel and he said this, prophesy now unto the winds. He said, I want you to, son of man, I want you to speak to the winds and I want you to tell them this. I want you to say, thus saith the Lord God, come forth from the four winds. You take the word winds back to the original. He's talking, it's not winds, it's breath. He says, I want you to speak. And he said, I want you to say, come forth breath of God. Please hear me. Ezekiel said, so I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they lived and they stood up on their feet an exceedingly great army. Now, we read that and we get excited about all of that, but the reality of it is can I tell you, there cannot be an exceedingly great army until first of all, there is people, individuals that have breath in them. So we find that in this 
time of noise, when the voice of God is penetrating the atmosphere that there begins to be this bone comes to this bone. We, if we had a little more energy, I'd take you back to Sunday school class and I'd make you all get up and sing the, and even do the motions of this bone joined to this bone. And that bone, listen, what happened is you began to witness men and women began to be put back together. And, but then there had to be something else happen. There had to be a release of breath. Can I take you back to Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7? It says that the Lord formed man from the dust of the earth, and, and he had him laying there, and, and he was formed. He was created in the likeness and the image of God. He, he, he looked the part, but yet at the same time, it wasn't until he knelt down and he breathed the breath of life into the nostrils that he became a living, breathing soul. Can I tell you right now what we need is this. We need a breath. We need a breath. The enemy's done real good about taking our breath. Oh, what's going to happen? But we got to let God begin to breathe in our nostrils again. Listen, he began to prophetically say, oh, breath, come. Oh, breath, come. So he says, I prophesied as the Lord commanded me. Notice it says that the breath came into them. And they lived, and they stood up together, an exceedingly great army. Now, we could stop there. We've heard it preached multiple times through the years. But let me go just a little further. It says, therefore, in verse number 12, prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, Get this, don't miss this. I, the Lord is saying nobody else, but I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Now, he goes on to say, and you shall know that I am the Lord. For when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, he says, then I shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live. I understand this passage of scripture. If you want to really dive into this, you'll find if you read a little further, you'll find that Ezekiel then was instructed to get two sticks and put those same sticks in his hand. And it's symbolic of what God was getting ready to do and how Israel was going to return. And, and we have witnessed a lot of this thing already be fulfilled. But we know this, he's not just speaking to Israel, but through the prophetic lens of time and through the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit, we know that he's speaking to his church. Uh, and he's, that means he's speaking to you and I. And he's simply saying this, for the one that will be positioned to hear my word, that will be positioned to allow the voice of God to be spoken over them. And if they will position themselves and receive that which God is saying, he says, I will allow my breath to enter in. And he said, when my breath comes in, please don't miss this. He says, it will be I that brings you up out of your grave. There is so many graves we could talk about this morning. 
the grave of depression, the grave of anxiety, the grave of uncertainty, uh, the grave of not knowing, uh, the grave of addiction, uh, the grave of this and the grave of that, that the enemy says, that's where I put you in, I buried you because everything that's going on around you and you see yourself as nothing but dead. But God says, listen, uh, you gotta see from the perspective that I'm at. Uh, He said, "Uh, Ezekiel, I gotta put my hand on you uh, and I gotta take you out and move you and set you in the midst of this valley uh, because I gotta give you a different perspective uh, that right in the midst of a dusty, dry valley, uh, he said, I'm still God. Uh, He said, I want you to understand uh, that just because the world will tell you it's over, uh, just because the world will tell you it's nothing but death, uh, it's nothing but desolate, uh, that there is nothing to get excited about. Uh, He said, I want to teach you something, Ezekiel. Uh, I want to teach you uh, that in the most driest, barren, deadly environment you can be in. Uh, He says if somebody will be brave enough and bold enough uh, to surrender to my will uh, and will begin to speak my word. uh, He said you can speak to dry dead things uh, and it will begin to live. Uh, And he said if you'll speak again I'll even put my breath back in it uh, and it can walk and live again. Uh, But he said that's not enough. Uh, He said you can get excited about seeing a a mighty army there but understand this. uh, I'm not just going to raise you up uh, so you can stand, but I'm going to release you from the grave that the enemy puts you in. Oh, can I tell you, some of you need to understand that the same words that Lazarus heard, you need to hear this morning. Come forth, because he says, I'm about to unbind you, I'm about to loose you, and you are about to live. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I'm here to tell somebody that the enemy says it's over, uh, but I just come to prophesy life over you uh, and tell you uh, it's about to begin again. Uh, We're about to have a breath. Uh, We're about to have a shout. Uh, We're about to have a joy. Uh, We're about to experience uh, because God has sent us down today. I don't know if anybody believes what I'm preaching or not, but I believe it, so I'm just gonna live all by myself. Uh, Because can I tell you, uh, I will not choose uh, to just set idle. Uh, I'm here to tell you God's about to release a hand of healing, uh, a hand of deliverance. Uh, There's about to be an unexpected supernatural visitation. And it can happen at your house. It can happen at your house. But you have to understand It only transpires when you commit and surrender to the call when he says, sit down. Please hear me. I'm going to end this real quick. You can choose to sit down because you're tired. You can choose to sit down just to take a rest. You can choose to sit down and leisure. You can choose to sit down and go about your career path or you can begin to say, God, where do you want me to sit down? Because God, I, I want to hear what you're saying. Our nation today, I'll tell you something. If we really understood all of the conflict on this globe right now, you wouldn't go home and just lay down tonight. We got an updated little report out of Armenia. We're monitoring it every day. We'll be leaving, Lord willing, just a couple of weeks. We'll be there for two weeks. We'll see how things go this week. 
Pray about that as well, if you would, please. A lot of recommendations. It's starting to fly everywhere. A lot of uncertainty, but God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Amen. But he did tell us to use wisdom, too. But at the same time, the nation of Armenia, you've heard me talk about it. We have friends there working there. God's done some wonderful things, but we, someone was able to get beyond the, into the city where there was 120,000 people that since September has not been allowed to receive any humanitarian aid. They've basically tried to starve them out. Asperjan has came in and cut heads off babies and killed mamas and some of the most brutal things. The world's not talked about it. The same brutal activity that you've heard about in Gaza has been going on since September in this city. An individual was able to get in there, took some video. There's 120,000 people in that city in September. This week, to the best of their knowledge, there's only 40 people. While we've been sitting in comfort, a genocide has taken a place and the world doesn't want to talk about it. I have friends whose children are serving in that military. It's on the front lines of that conflict. Other individuals we're working with, there's, there's a few refugees that has gotten out, but they don't really know exactly, but hundreds of thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of people have been brutally destroyed. But we're really good at being religious people. We're really good at having a form with sinews and flesh. But I have yet to see that breath. And I'm not condemning, but I'm provoking us to a place to realize that there's more. Listen, you can self-identify as you will, but that doesn't mean that's what you are. This is not a slam, so please do not interpret it as so. I've grown up in the holiness movement, the spirit-filled movement, been part of a charismatic movement, charismatic renewal, whatever you want to call it. I've been surrounded by people that said that all of their life, we have the power and the anointing of God. And those same individuals, if they're not careful, I've heard them criticize our brothers and other mainstream denominations whether it be Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, Catholic. I'm going to tell you something. I made a decision a long time ago. I would not be confined to a box, and I have had the privilege of being in every one of those denominations. And I will tell you this. I have friends in the Catholic church that I'd rather pray for me than some people in the spirit-filled church that they identify because I know that they spend time with God. One of those dear friends just exited to heaven just a few days ago, Brother Nobby. 
94 years old, served this nation proudly. But Helm and Darlene, some of my biggest friends, some of my biggest supporters, multiple times a year, go to my mailbox and I'll find something. Because they love what they see happening. They was people with breath. Did you hear me? You can self-identify as you will. Some of you, you've been in the holiness movement or the spirit-filled movement, however you want to identify it. You've raised your children in it. Now you've got grandchildren in it. And I shared this even recently. I said they've never heard a message of tongues or interpretation. They've never seen or heard a word of knowledge. They've never seen a working of miracles. They've never seen anything that has to do with the breath of God. I'm going to tell you something. It's not enough just to have sinews and flesh, but we got to have breath. I'm going to tell you something. When the breath comes and you stand up, it positions you where then God simply says, because you was willing to sit down and you was willing to receive my word, and you just didn't receive one of it, but you received all of it. Notice with me. If Ezekiel had not prophesied the second time, you just had a valley full of dead people laying there that had not decayed yet. But because he stayed true to the task, because he didn't waver in his responsibility, because he didn't back up and shut up, but he still pursued and said, God, what else do you want me to say? What else do you want me to hear? He began to prophesy to the wind. Think about this. There's a lot of things that you can see, but you don't see wind. You see the effects of wind. He begins to speak and declare things you can't even see. But he begins to speak and says, come, O wind. Come, O breath. And all of a sudden, there began to be movement. Life enters. I'm thankful for that life. Here's what I want to say. Every one of us at some point in this room, I believe, pretty much. If not, I hope today will be the day for you. At some point in our life, we realized that we was nothing more than some dead, dry bones, and we needed something. And we called out to Jesus. And he began to clothe us, spiritually speaking. And then when we said, Lord, forgive me, he came and he entered in and brought breath into us and he stood us up on our feet and we become part of the body of Christ. But here's what I've come to understand. That we're still just standing as an exceedingly great army and we haven't released people to begin to fight. So I need to prophesy one more thing to you today. Just like Ezekiel did. He said, I want you to speak to them one more time and I want you to tell them this. I want you to tell them that I will 
open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And he says, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. Here's what I sincerely believe. I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm not questioning that you're part of an exceedingly great army. But I want to prophesy to you in this room and those that's watching online today that God has more for you. Some of you have lived this life for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, but yet you've been this. Every wave, this, this, and this. It's just all over the board. Every time you start finding, you start getting ahead, it seems like something grabs a hold of you and pulls you right back into that grave. But I prophesy to you today that the Lord is saying, I will deliver you from the grave. And I will put my spirit in you. I want to speak to you this morning in closing. There is a release that is available for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that can only be brought by him. Our salvation is not the only thing that he bought and paid for at Calvary. But because of the ultimate sacrifice that he made, because of the crown of thorns that was planted upon his head, because of the stripes that he bore on his back, because of the spear that pierced his side, because of the hands and his feet that was pierced. Please hear me. He says, I have the authority to deliver you from the grave that the enemy tried to put you in. And as I bring you out of that grave, he said, I'm going to put my spirit in you. As they come to the music this morning, what does that really mean, preacher, for me today? It means this. I sincerely believe this with everything in me today. I'm very careful about saying that thus saith the Lord. I want to make sure that what I hear is him. But I sincerely believe that over the last few days I've heard the Lord say that in the midst of this shaking, in the midst of this noise, in the midst of everything that's going on, this is I'm getting ready to release my people from the grave that the enemy has tried to keep them in. And I am getting ready to put my spirit in them and they shall live. Maybe you're under the sound of my voice today and you don't feel like there's a lot of life in you. Maybe you're under the sound of my voice today and you can even smell the snitch of death. 
maybe even while you've been in this sanctuary today, the enemy would say, oh, he's not talking to you. That, he doesn't, he, no, they don't, no, no, that's not you. But I prophesy to you today by the power and the authority of God that God did not save you. He did not deliver you from the things of sin to let you just be one that's standing. But he says, I'm going to deliver you from the grave that the enemies tried to bury you in. And I want to breathe on you. There is a releasing of the breath of God. And I'll go on record this morning. I sincerely believe that by the end of this year, in places across this nation as well as other parts of the world where there has been men and women that has allowed the Lord to sit them down and they have boldly began to proclaim the word of the Lord that we are going to witness a breath and a release of Holy Spirit that is going to start on the youngest form of our children and it is going to go through the congregations of where men and women have sit down in the presence of God. I have witnessed in recent days and I know we make light of it sometimes the Lord has checked me into my spirit very listen you probably don't want to see some videos that's taken up my house because you might look at me a little different but I, I, I radically praise the Lord with my grandchildren and we think it's cute or what have you But even at the beginning of this past week, my, my little grandson standing in front of the television and dancing, praising the Lord. But you can feel it shift even in the midst of them not even knowing really what's happening. But in the midst of it, I watched and I've went back and I've watched it over and over and over. He started out just doing what he always does, worshiping the Lord, dancing, spinning. But all of a sudden in the midst of that, there began to be something accelerate. And if you really watch, you'll watch his feet. And he began to feel something. And with great power with great purity a little two year old boy began to dance before the Lord just a fleeting moment an openness to it then we go back and we continue to have a good time and I'm like God I think we're missing something you're already releasing your breath 
on the most purest vessels that there is and we don't even know how to facilitate it. Listen, it's not about just having a good time, but I'm going to tell you something. When your babies and your grandbabies begin to feel the presence of the Lord, don't just make it fun, but begin to enter in with them. And I'm going to tell you something. Revival going to happen at your house, not just in this house. I need you to understand this. That's why there's such a pull. That's why there's such a tug. That's why the enemy's doing everything in his power because what he's doing, he's coming back around in the midst of that and he's trying to grab you and pull you right back down into that grave. God says, I will deliver you from that grave and I will breathe on you. I don't want you to just hear, hear. I want you to hear, hear. Israel says, oh, we're just a bunch of dry bones and we don't have any hope. All of our hope is lost. We're cut off from every side. But I stand and decree and declare to you today, There's a God that says, I'm still the God of breath. I'm still the God of authority. I'm still the God that can make you live again. As we stand all over the house this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. not going to take long this morning but I'm going to give an invitation right now maybe you're not part of the exceedingly great army of the host of heaven maybe you can't say I'm a child of the king this morning I've not yet surrendered or yielded my life or maybe you have but you say you know what I've went wayward I'm not where I'm supposed to be If that's you, I want you to come and join me in the front of this building. But maybe you would say this morning that, you know what, I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. I'm doing the best I know how to do. But at the same time, you'd say, you know what, I feel like the enemy just keeps trying to pull me back into that grave. Keeps pulling at me. Just keeps pulling at me. Just keeps pulling at me. My mind, my emotion, I just keep getting pulled. I get getting pulled. I'm going to tell you something. I just didn't scream at you this morning because I wanted to scream. But I pray that you hear my passion. But more importantly, I pray that you hear the heart of God. All I'm doing is speaking life over you today and tell you that I don't have the ability, but the God that I serve and the God that lives inside of me, he has the ability and his word is forever established. And his word says... I will deliver you from the grave and I will put my spirit into you. You may be here this morning and say, I just feel like the enemy's pulling me, trying to pull me back into that grave. You may have tried to crawl out of it a hundred times, but the enemy keeps trying to just pull you right back in. I'll tell you something, will you let God, will you let God deliver you today? It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. It's not about this right action, that right action. No, it's about surrender. 
It's about when I take my hands off and say, God, I've tried everything I know, but I don't know what to do now, so I'm just going to give it to you. Will you let him pull you out of that grave? If you'll say yes to that, I prophetically tell you tonight, this morning, right now, that he will put his spirit in you. Somewhere along the way in the last 50 years, we lost something. We began to think that everything that God does is a process. And I understand he is a God of process. He's a God of structure and order, but he is also a God of the supernatural. I remember, some of you in this room remember, the old drunken man could walk in and stagger in and sit on the back seat and stagger with conviction to the altar and get up sober, never to go back to it again because of a supernatural moment because he was set down by God. The enemy would tell you this this morning. If you used to have an issue with alcohol, the world will tell you and the elite minds will say, well, you're just a, re- you're just a recovered alcoholic or you're, you're this or you're that. But I'm going to tell you something. He that the sun sets free is free indeed. And that which he makes new is new. I'm not that. I am a son and a child of God because I've been pulled out of that grave and I haven't got the breath of God so I don't have to identify as what I used to be. Because of a suddenly supernatural encounter with God. I don't care how many handfuls of pills you used to take every day. That's not who you are. I don't care how addicted you was to this or to that or how much it had its claws in your life. I'm going to tell you something today that if you'll come and let God do it, you don't take you six months to get delivered from it. It don't take you a year uh, of 50 steps to do it. Uh, Listen, uh, we are in a moment where we need to understand that when God says, I'm going to take you out of the grave, he says, I'll do it right now. uh, And I'll put my breath in you right now. Uh, I'm telling you, we're getting to a place I can't wait five years for somebody to have life. I'm trying to quit, but I feel this just unction pushing me, pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. We'll tell you something. I'm not here about preaching a message. I'm here about saving lives. So if you're here this morning and you say, man, I just feel bound. I'm going to tell you something. If you'll let God, you can walk out those doors out there with breath. You won't need an oxygen tank. You won't need another saint to breathe on you to get life into you, but God can turn it around. You say, well, I can never be, I can never be, I can never do, I can never do this, that, that. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When the breath of God comes in, everything becomes new.
I, I know I'm speaking to some people in this room and I think I'm speaking to people online as well but for those of you I'm not speaking to just bear with me for a moment because I'm going to tell you something God is wanting to bring a freshness to you and he wants you to walk out of here with life and breath if you're under the sound of my voice and you say, no, what? it's just been hard for me to breathe. I just can't, I just can't breathe. I'm not talking about natural. That natural, that's, that can be dealt with too, but I'm talking about spiritually. Just, I just don't, I just can't get. Right now, I want you to come right now, right now. Right now, come. What you come? Nothing to be embarrassed about. I'm going tell you something. The one that'll come today, the one is the one that'll walk out of here breathing with the breath of God. Not the breath of men, but the breath of God. Church, I want you to begin to pray as they come. You have an opportunity to come right now. Will you come? Will you come? When God sits us down, He begins to speak words of prophetic utterance that brings life to us. You can walk out of here free today. You walk out of here with life today. You walk out of here with liberty today. You're walking out here with wholeness today and newness today. Now here's what I need you to do. I need some spirit-filled men and women of God. We're not trying to work up an emotion. We're not trying to make anything happen. But I want you to come standing behind these that are here. You know, we used to do that in the church, pray and pray them through. Some of you men get behind some of these men. Some of you women get behind these women. We're talking about, we're dealing with breath. We're dealing with life. Thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, and as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.